You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. This time out, we are talking about the best we've ever had for summer. So everyone has their favorite summer foods they like, and it's going to be real interesting because certain people, depending where they live or where they grow up and such, they have family traditions that they've, you know, grown up with that, you know, Oh, we do summer cookouts. We do going to the beach. We do go to concerts. We go to music festivals. We go out to the parks. We go hiking. And you bring certain foods with you. And I think this is a great topic right now since we're coming up on Labor Day, which is technically the official end to the summer season. And I thought it would be kind of fun to gather my friends and talk about some of the best we love to eat. So I want to first say, you know, this man, I've seen him eat a lot of summer. So let's say hey to Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. How are you this week, my friend? I'm, uh, I'm full and I'm, I'm absolutely full. And I, and I recommend everybody listening, uh, eat something before you listen to this episode, because if you're even remotely hungry, uh, this episode will drive you crazy. Um, so, um, yeah, have something to eat. It's sort of like that, you know, don't go to the grocery store while you're hungry. Don't listen to this episode while you're hungry. Same, same thing applies. Oh yeah. I could totally, I agree with that. It's, you know, don't go shopping. Don't listen to our podcast on an empty stomach. You'll get, you know, you will. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's a good idea in general, not to listen to our podcast on an empty stomach. <laughs> no, we've, we've made many people sick by talking on our show. Exactly. We put people to sleep and we've made people run for the bathroom. So it's, it's great. You know, what can we say we've done over 10 years of podcasting? So it's pretty darn awesome. And we got a great crew to join us tonight. Let's first welcome Anthony Williams. Mike, it's a pleasure to be back. Thank, for, thank you for having me on the show again. When we talk about the best to eat, who do I think of? You, my friend. You, oh. you know, you, you've given us some great stuff to eat on you, the show. You know I love to eat and drink, man. You know I have to get together with you and take you for Indian up here Oh, yes. I can't wait for that. Yes. So once feel, things I, calm I down. Like- I feel like Anthony needs a like a a, a, a cuisine nickname, a cuisine oriented nickname to, when he comes on the show. I think he needs to be like I don't know. I I haven't quite figured it out yet, but uh, I feel like he needs some sort of uh, like Food Network show n- nickname. Mm, exactly. Well, you know, <laughs> that's gonna be you know that's gonna be our brainstorming session. Or hey, if you guys want to give him a nickname, write us feedback at herstation1.com. Anthony would love to get a food nickname. You yeah. know, think about what would Guy Fieri call me? Oh, Ooh. God. Oh, <laughs> wow. You know, hmm, that's a good one. Okay. And we're also joined by Tyra Burton. Welcome back. Hi, Mike and Mike. Nice to meet Howdy. you, Anthony. Lovely to meet you, Tyra. Oh, and I just, just came home from Miami, so I'm all wanting to talk about food. So this is interesting because I wrote on our you know Facebook page, hey, we're looking for some foodies out there. Within 30 seconds, Tyra was like, I love eating, so I want to be there. I didn't. I got this curvy body, honestly, so, you know. Yeah, she, you came by it naturally, you know. I did. Exactly. Well, you know, I have a whole family of foodies, so it's good. 
Oh, exactly. It's like my family, when we get together, literally we're eating breakfast. So what are we doing for lunch today? Yeah. You know, <laughs> we're trying to, you know, always talk about the next meal. So it's, you know, I think our coat of arms for the Faber family is a bagel and locks with, you know, a fork and knife next to it. So it's, it's pretty awesome. So, yeah, we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. We want to hear about what you guys love eating for the summer. You know, write us feedback at earthstation1.com. We definitely would love to hear from you. And while you're at it, you know, please subscribe to our show if you haven't in the past. And if you want, please give us five stars wherever you're listening to us. It's always a pleasure to get new people to listen. But if you have, you know, please tell your friends, tell your neighbors. We definitely need people listening to our show. You know, we get great numbers on the show already, but we'd love to get more. And I think we do a quality show and we talk. So it's pretty darn awesome that, you know, if we do, if you don't like talking about food or we're talking about geeky stuff, you're on the wrong podcast listening, folks. And you know what? Who doesn't love eating? Everyone loves to eat. You know, well, maybe a model or something like, oh, I ate a saltine. I don't think I could eat anything for the rest of the day. I don't think those people are real anyway. They probably have a cheeseburger when everyone's backs are turned or something. So it's pretty awesome, though. Of course, we also want to do a big shout out to our patrons. Thank you, everybody, for helping to subscribe to the ESO Network Patreon. And we just put up today, as of this recording day, the new episode of ESO Board Silly. And we are talking about the 40th anniversary of MTV on that episode. It's, you know, how's that for making you feel I old? I feel ancient now. Thank you. <laughs> I know. It's like, gee. And Anthony's like, I wasn't even born yet. So it's okay. It's like, what's up? What's this MTV you're talking about? Yeah. There, was a, there was a channel that just showed music videos. When, I don't, when, I've never heard of that. When I was a kid, it still did. <laughs> I remember being thoroughly upset as a teenager when I tuned in one day and I was like, where's the music? Mm -hmm. I want my MTV. When he he was four. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, definitely. So the new episode of ESO Portsily is out, so it's exclusive only to Patreons, and you can join the ESO Patreon for only a dollar a month, and you can help support us, you know, and it's always great. Tyra, she is a Patreon subscriber, and thank you, thank you. Thank you. And Anthony, what's your problem? No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But no, please, you know, we'd love and and thank you for everyone who has, and for those who haven't, you know, it's okay. We still love you guys anyway, but you know, it's a good thing. Also, speaking about good things, summer's almost over, but sunglass season is not. Our friends at Tifosi Optical have amazing sunglasses. You can sign up at tifosioptics.com. You can get gamer glasses. You can get safety goggles. You can get sporting glasses. You could get a safety mask or sunglasses, which are most known for. You could pick your own colors. You could pick your own frames. And if you have a prescription, guess what? You can actually use the, the sunglasses to get your prescription put in. So you don't have to keep on switching your glasses around and everything. And for those who are legally blind without their glasses on, you could now look cool because your prescription is in 
your sunglasses. And guess what? For those of us who are listening to us right now as a way of saying thank you, put the coupon code EarthStation1 into their code. And you know what? You get 10% off. Not 10% off one pair of glasses like a lot of the places do. You get 10% off your whole order. That's right. It's pretty darn awesome. And they're having some amazing sales for Labor Day. So definitely check out TofosiOptics.com. All right. Usually we do the Geek Seat and we do other segments at this time. But Mr. Mike, what are we going to be doing now? We're going to be eating. We're going to be eating some That's right. We've been talking for years, so why not? Let's start eating it. Yeah, it's time to, uh, yeah, this edition is is based on summer, uh, summer foods, uh, whatever, uh, you know, you guys may consider as summer foods, uh, whether you're at the beach, whether in your backyard, whether you're at the ballpark, whether you're on the back deck of your favorite restaurant, like this is, uh, this is uh, foods that you mainly have uh, the summer months that remind you of summer, uh, traditional summer foods, that kind of thing. So, um, and we're going to start off with, um, we're kind of going to go in order, like a, like a course meal or whatever. Um, so we're going to start off with a drink, uh, of course. Uh, and, uh, and you know what, uh, Mike, I'm going to start with you because uh, I never do that. So- wow, I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm like, I was about to go surf the web or something, you know, going up. I know. I was going to go off and do something else. But gosh, I'm first. This is pretty awesome. All right. My favorite uh, summer drink. I have um, my favorite summer drink. I usually love drinking Arnold Palmer's. Something about drinking an Oliver Palmer during the summertime, just sitting outside while I've been working out in the yard or at the beach or even after I go hiking or something when I get back to the car or something. Something about iced tea and lemonade. A lot of people on the West Coast don't know what an Oliver Palmer is, but, you know, it's pretty darn amazing of a drink. And certain uh, places like the Chick-fil-A and stuff, they don't call it an honor Palmer because of the trademark and such, but it, that's what it is. And there's something about it that is truly, truly refreshing. And I just, I love it. You know, if I'm not drinking water, you know, which I have in my canteen or water bottles, but you know, if I want to drink something that's not that I do an honor Palmer, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and it's not to be confused with a half and half either, because no. that's that's something different. I found that out the hard way. No, a half, um, a half and <laughs> a half and half is usually what sweet tea and unsweet tea. Yeah, oh. half unsweet and half sweet tea. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but for those people who don't know, an Arnold Palmer is half lemonade and half uh, iced tea. Yeah. Now uh, I prefer mine my iced tea to be unsweet. When well, it's you're, mixed. you're from the north, so well, that's of course. why. <laughs> so, so, uh, but I'm I'm with you, Mike. I I love that drink as well. I like it. In a lot of these foods, we're going to talk about. You can have all year round. I have Arnold Palmer's all year round, but there's something about it during the summer, especially with lemonade. And lemonade is like, uh, I don't know if it's an official summer drink, but it sure does speak summer to me. And uh, and yeah, mixing it with uh, iced tea is just a perfect combination as well. It's got that caffeine and it's got that sugar, but it only it doesn't it only has like half of each, so you feel a little bit better about drinking it. Too. Well, so it feels thing, a little healthier. The thing here, <laughs> but it, I've found though, when getting an Arnold Palmer down here in the South, it's always sweet tea and mm-hmm. lemonade. Yeah, you got you got to specifically ask for unsweet. 
Yeah, because it gets way too sweet if you don't do that. Absolutely. And then Absolutely. If, if, especially if you you went for a hike or out at the beach, you'll basically go into a diabetic shock, even if you're exactly. not a diabetic, by drinking the sweet tea and the lemonade after from and sweating and everything. So it's pretty tough. Yep. Yep. So uh, any other thoughts on Arnold Palmer's? You can leave the lemonade out and I'll take the unsweet tea. <laughs> I, Fair enough. I like my tea hot. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm very stereotypical. So, so that's uh, that's a non-alcoholic summer drink. Uh, does anybody else have a non-alcoholic summer drink? Tyra, do you have a non-alcoholic summer drink uh, that you that you favor? Don't laugh. I like strawberry lemonade. That's good. Oh, that's good. And I just that's really good. I found one made by Bye, and I'm like addicted. It's like. Where are they? San Pablo strawberry. So it sounds really exciting, but uh, I love it. Uh, two of my favorite fruits. So good times. Yep. I uh, I would say out of all the flavored lemonades, uh, strawberry would probably be on my favorite as well. Uh, pink lemonade was really popular when I was growing up for some reason. But I didn't like it. But uh, I yeah I, I didn't yeah I don't know what flavor that's supposed to be. It's just pink. <laughs> Like it's like, what is that supposed to be? What is what is the pink? You know, exactly. you don't see. I've never seen pink yeah, lemons. Just, you know, so where do they get the pink from? It's just food coloring, right, or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Um, Anthony, what about you? What about a uh, non-alcoholic drink for you? You know what? For the summer, I'm going with just plain old lemonade. Yeah, oh, that's okay. fair. On its own. I mean, why mess with the classic? Now. That I mean, there's like all like how tart do you like your lemonade? Do you like it freshly squeezed? What what kind of lemonade we talk about? Oh, I mean, definitely freshly squeezed. I, I like it slightly on the tart side um, because I have a natural bitterness to my personality, and it <laughs> influences of not influence compliments that well. But um, you know, I honestly, if it's freshly made um, and it's made well, I, I don't actually mind how sweet or not sweet it is really really refreshing on a hot summer day for me yeah yeah there's something about especially lemon in particular for me as a citrus food for summer anyway uh that i like a lot um you know i i prefer that over orange juice or any uh, certainly grapefruit juice or anything like that but uh um but i will say freshly squeezed is great i am not a big pulp guy though like especially for my orange juice but occasionally i run across lemonade that's kind of too pulpy not a big pulp fan. I, I don't like to be drinking something and all of a sudden feel like I'm choking on something. <laughs> Makes total sense there. You know, I always hate picking it out of my teeth and everything. Oh, you must have had lemonade. Hog your guff. <laughs> so, so that's our non-alcoholic picks. So let's get boozy. Uh, let's uh, go for a summer drink. Uh, Tyra, we'll start with you. What um what alcoholic summer drink uh is is your favorite? So my current favorite, and I just had one for the first time, is a pina colada on the rocks. Ooh, I've always nice. had them frozen, yeah. and yeah. Uh, we were in Little Havana and uh, in Miami, and I had one on the rocks, not knowing that's how they were going to do it, and it was mm-hmm. super delish. So oh yes, I would do that. Um, there's there's a place up in Greenville, South. It's called uh, Papa's huh. and Beer, and they basically have their you can get the pina colada either frozen or on the rocks there Ooh. it's a traditional mexican restaurant and they basically bring if you get it the large it's basically they give you a fishbowl of <laughs> pina colada Ooh. and i went one of the cons i went to 
when we were there, um, some of the folks we were drinking with uh, tried to keep up with me, and this young lady was only like four foot nine or something, and she was under the table after half, and I was on my second. <laughs> I'm a lightweight, so two, and I'm I'm dead. Okay. So, so you understand what Rupert Holmes is singing about? Oh yeah, no, <laughs> and Garth Brooks. That's what's going through my head right now is Garth Brooks' two pinky coladas. Oh right, I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, so, it's a great song. Yeah. Now I. I, I've had pina coladas before, but I guess, yeah, I guess I've had them frozen as well yeah. because I see that, I see that more of a desserty kind of drink. I stared no. at it when they brought it to the table. I was like, okay. No, like <laughs> when, like when you go on a cruise through the, you know, anywhere other than to Alaska, pretty much as soon as you get on the cruise ship, as soon as you're walking off the gangplay, hello, man, do you want a pina colada or a Bahama mama or, you know. <laughs> Right. Rum punch, you know, it's like, it's like, oh God, you know, but yeah, it usually is frozen, but the more traditional is on the rocks, which is pretty awesome. I think that's, oh, that's more a, Cuban. That is a, uh, that is a great pick, especially since as we're recording this, it's uh national rum day. Ooh. So, uh, oh. yeah, I didn't know so that. yeah, so Damn it, I'll uh, be back. No. <laughs> <laughs> And I think uh, pina coladas, uh, <laughs> most of them have, uh, uh, I think most yeah. of them have both white and dark rum in them, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Usually both. Combination. Yes. From what I remember. Yeah. And of course, pineapple and coconut, which I think are two of the best. Like uh, I uh, love you know, lemon, lemon, pineapple, coconut. These are the staples of summer, right? Or Gilgan's Island. Oh. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, Anthony, what about you? What's a what's a uh, alcoholic drink of choice for summer? So, thinking of summer drinks always takes me back, or summer food in general, takes me back to my early twenties before I moved away from London. You know, back home, we get about two weeks sure. of summer. It's <laughs> glorious. It only gets up to about eighty-five-ish degrees <sighs> in fahrenheit and you know you can actually enjoy summer so i have very fond memories of sitting outside of pubs drinking pims cups um since that's a very kind of traditional english drink uh, I, my understanding is also pretty popular in louisiana um but you know pims lemon lime soda and then some fruit sliced into it normally uh some lemons limes orange cucumber occasionally a couple of strawberries and some mint and it is incredibly refreshing and to this day is still more or less my go-to summer drink that is awesome yeah i am not uh, familiar with that at me all. neither oh yeah. really okay so for anyone who doesn't know pims which is the the actual um liqueur that it's based off of is gin based but it's got a very kind of fruity tangy flavor to it and you definitely don't want to drink it neat it's it's far too bitter neat but mixed with the the soda and with the fruits in it's it's a beautiful drink that's pretty well balanced and as i said incredibly refreshing that is amazing it sounds yeah. wonderful i think i might have had one when i was in new orleans and so you know because it's you know pretty it's you know the, the stuff you could get there is just like delish and i've tried at that and it's i loved it's a good mix because it's very light it doesn't pull you down or anything like that you do well, you do too many maybe, of them though then it will pull you down 
maybe when the pandemic is over, we should have an ESO best you've ever eaten potluck. And that will be my contribution <laughs> is to bring all the ingredients to make uh, pins cups. <laughs> that sounds I'm good fine to me. with that. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. You're not hearing an argument. As long no. as we have an allergy <laughs> list, I'm good. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Mike, what about you? Uh, for me, I'm going to also stay with the Caribbean, but I am doing mojitos. <gasps> you know, mojitos, there is just something about the taste. And they're so, for me, they're, ref- they're very refreshing. And, you know, usually, you know, you get it also like if you're doing Cuban food or if you're doing... You know, stuff, anything from the Bahamas and or the Caribbean. And it is it is just awesome just to sit on the beach and drinking mojitos and, you know, just like watching the waves and everything. It's 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 just such a good feeling because, like, if you drink a beer, you always feel like you're thirsty afterwards when you have a mojito. You're not. It's refreshing and everything. And the alcohol in it is so well hidden. You don't even taste it. And that's that's the sign of a good mojito, and everything. And you know, I definitely would recommend that for most people. Whenever I think of mojitos, I think of uh, Sam X from Burn Notice, <gasps> who was uh, who, who drank those like 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 they were water, really. Um, Burn Notice, and uh, yeah, just awesome. <laughs> okay, that is it. Yeah, I miss that show. I do too. So, uh, Tyra, actually, just coming from Miami, you must have. Did you did you indulge in a mojito down there? I actually didn't. The only drink I had was that pina colada. Ah. I was going to a conference and trying to be good. I shouldn't have had. You're a good person. It was also hot. Can I just say it was super super hot, and the sure, thought of alcohol sure, made sure. me just hotter. So, sure. but now I really want a mojito. So I'm like wondering if we still have fresh mint or not. Mm-hmm. Mm. That is awesome. Very good, very good. What, what well, about you, Mikey? Uh, well, uh, yeah, me. Um, now, I know. I'm the tiki guy, so you're thinking, okay, he's going to pick a tiki drink. He's going to pick the Mai Tai. He's going to go with the zombie. He's going to go something like that. Actually, no. Um, um, you know, as much as I like those, um, my it's not something I can have a, a lot of, actually. Um, thanks to, thank you, diabetes. Um, but, uh, but nevertheless, and and to your point, Mike, uh, something that you just said about beer, uh, beer in the summer is kind of like, it's not usually my go-to at all, because you're right, it doesn't feel like it's that refreshing. Like as many, like you can have as many beers as you need to. And, and actually with the heat and everything, it seems like it actually does really dehydrates you and really weighs you down. However, there's an exception to that. And that is uh, Sam Adams has a summer ale that I find to be uh, just the best. Um, It's a limited time. They only produce it during the summer months uh, or they only release it then. Um, And it is their, it's their San Adams stout, but it's also mixed with orange, lime and lemon uh, peels. Um, And uh, so there's this real high citrus quality to it that sort of balances the, um, uh, I guess the bitterness you would call it usually a beer. And um, so I find it really refreshing um, and I can, I can, I can down quite a number of those in a short amount of time. Oh, <laughs> understandable. Especially if I come in from just like mowing the lawn or, 
you know, this summer in Atlanta, just basically walking outside and picking up the mail and coming back in. Like, it's like, it's usually that hot. And, and I need something refreshing right when I come back. in. You know, we could also have an honorable mention of, you know, basically some amazing summer drink has to be my apple pie. You know, I would have to say <laughs> you could not go wrong with that. I don't know. I, to me, that see, like that, that's more. I mean, apple pie, yes, yeah, sure, but it. I, I, I associate that more with like fall almost. Well, Dragon especially, Con, especially Labor Day weekend, right? <laughs> yeah, it's the, right, it's the beginning of fall, right? Um, plus, or a yeah. fall, you know. <laughs> <laughs> many, yeah, as many I found fall. out from, from Mike's <laughs> apple pie. <laughs> All right, so now that we're boozed up, um, it's time to have uh, a starter or a snack to sort of whet our appetites. Um, Anthony, we're going to start with you. What's one of your favorite so uh, summer when snacks? When I think summer, I think fresh ingredients. And for me, there's nothing better on a hot summer day than um, fresh salsas, right? So salsa and chips. So you, Ooh, you go nice. somewhere that does like yeah. a a good kind of fresh um, pico or there's a really great Mexican restaurant here in Atlanta uh, in Grant Park called Patria Cochina. And they do like a pineapple salsa that is phenomenal. And again, it really Ooh. brings out those fresh flavors Ooh. that I think are absolutely perfect in the summertime. So for me, that's my pick. Nice. Yeah, good that pick. sounds delicious. Yeah. Pineapple salsa. Yeah. It would hit the bill. There's also, um, I'm not sure where it is, but I've had it here. Um, and, uh, you can buy it in stores too, but, um, peach salsa yeah. because it's, you know, Georgia or whatever, but there's a, there's a, a peach salsa. That's really quite, quite great too. But, um, yeah, I, I, that's a great idea. That's cool. That is cool. Pineapple. Yes. Peach. <laughs> yeah. Trader Joe's has the best like salsa selection. That is they surprising. do. They have a great, great selection. It's true. We have to get salsas without tomatoes, and they right. provide well for us. Really? Yeah, I, my husband's allergic the, to tomatoes. Wow. I, I was thinking that. Um, yeah, I was thinking. I think um, Whole Foods is where I think I've gotten some pretty good flavored salsas before too. So, them too um, Mike, what about you? What's a snack food for you for summer? <sighs> good snack food takes me back to growing up and such and for me it is fresh caramel corn mm. Ooh. like a caramel popcorn mm. um and i used to, i grew up in maryland so we used to go down to ocean city quite a bit in my teens and such and there was a place there called fishers and it's right on the boardwalk there and they make they literally pop the popcorn and they have vats of car hot caramel and they pour it onto onto the popcorn right in front of you and they serve it to you while it's still hot and it's uh, melting and it is just to die for it's like a guilty pleasure hot caramel on a hot day oh but it's so good it does sound good though it, it does sound so, good so good <laughs> um and actually that's not too far off like from that's not too far away from like having cracker jacks right well exactly that's what it is and it's funny because I only really love it when it's hot and, you know, when it's all sticky and everything. But if you, you get something like a Cracker Jack or if it, you know, it's like a couple hours, the popcorn is a couple hours old, I probably won't touch it. You know, it's like, uh, no, sorry. 
You got to be careful. I can recall many times when I was younger having getting some Cracker Jack and it was a hot day and you'd open it and it'd just be one big thing would come out. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. A blob. <laughs> well, that gets into the that gets into the popcorn balls and stuff, like that, you know, because you know, they have those, too, you know. But but yeah, caramel popcorn. Nice. Definitely. Nice. Uh, all right. Um did we go with, it's, with you yet? It's me. It's her. It's, it's Tyra. Me. It's Tyra. It's me. And mine is so simple, but my dad used to um, make us wait until summer to get watermelon. Mm. I don't know if it was expensive when I was growing up for some reason, but it, it had to be June before you could have watermelon. And I remember thumping them and I would always want one as soon as June happened. So, and it has to be cold. Room temperature watermelon is pointless. It needs to be nice and cold and fresh and sweet and delicious. But yeah, watermelon for sure. Well, it's that was probably before the days where they grew it in you know South America yeah. and shipped it up and everything <laughs> like that. You know, it's because usually when you get it over the summer, it's more local and right. everything. So yeah. it's I'm sure it's it's better, it's cheaper, and you know. You then support local farmers. That's true. And he did buy from, like, we always had, like, the local farm stand on the corner in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So he would buy from there. But, yeah, I will always remember watermelon and my dad. I, you know what? I'm going to piggyback right on that because that's what I have written down here. Ding, ding, ding. You won. Yay, took a new car. (laughs) No. Okay. Uh, not on this show. Come on. <laughs> oh, not on this. Bottle show. water. <laughs> maybe, maybe if more people donate to the Patreon, we might be able to do that. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna pick water. I picked watermelon as well. Um, you know, especially like, like it's one of those things you could eat and eat and eat, and it doesn't feel like you get full. Like it won't ruin your meal. It won't ruin your appetite, and it'll help you keep, stay hydrated yeah. because it's just so like refreshingly like it's full of water, right? It's a watermelon, right? Come on. Um, but I will say, uh, over the years, like when I was younger, it was fun, and I would have preferred I preferred actually the seeded watermelons. But now that I'm older, I'm like, nope, I just want seedless watermelons. I, I just, I, I, I have no time for seeds. And we like the little, the small watermelons for the two of us. They're like mm. perfect, and they're just sweet enough. So, have you seen like? Uh, watching uh, the Olympics for a couple weeks, um, uh, they kept showing these Japanese uh, restaurants that had uh, cube watermelons, like they were they were cubed. Um, and uh, I don't know if the what kind of freak you know DNA stuff that they're doing to make them like that, or if they just like grow them in a box so that they only form into a nice cube or something. But but they look cool. I tell you, I was like, I would like to try one of them. I mean, I'm sure they taste like watermelon regularly. They grow them in a box, Mike. That's yeah. That's yeah, okay, how they get Thank them. Thank God. Is that, is, is that, is that, is that mean? Is that cruel? Is that, is that watermelon cruelty? <laughs> <laughs> it almost feels like the kind of cruel, like they don't let them grow out. Well, it will cut down on knife accident. Very, very <laughs> that's true. Do they have uh, seeds? I don't know, actually. Yeah. Do they grow up to be square? After that? <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, yeah, it's true. If you did have seeds and you grow them, they're they're square. Um, that would be funny. Um, but yeah, I'm right there with watermelon. It's perfect, perfect, perfect. All right, uh, now we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to. It's time for it's time for some real eating, some real eating with the the main course and everything that goes with that. So, stay tuned. I've been leaving on my. Th- 
This is Ashley Pauls with this week's box office buzz. I don't know about you, but I have really been enjoying the new Marvel Cinematic Universe animated series, What If, on Disney+. I am just absolutely in love with this concept. The show takes a storyline that we're used to seeing in the MCU and then gives it a really unique and unexpected twist. For example, in the first episode... You know how Steve Rogers takes a serum and becomes a super soldier. Well, in this alternate retelling, Peggy Carter is the one who takes the serum and becomes a super soldier. So I just think it's a really great opportunity to show how little choices could have totally changed the future of the MCU. And I think it's great that they're able to explore and be creative in animation. And part of me wonders if this is maybe some kind of testing ground for going back and doing some live action alternate reality storytelling as well because you have Loki and then the upcoming Doctor Strange movie which is going to deal with the multiverse and alternate realities. So I love that the MCU is getting wild, wacky, and weird. I hope it continues. Speaking of wild, wacky, and weird, there is a new sci-fi thriller coming out in theaters this weekend that I am very curious about. It's called Reminiscence and stars Hugh Jackman as this private investigator who helps people uncover lost memories of their past. And I love any kind of trippy, mind-bending thing where you've got a little bit of time travel and alternate realities possibly going on. This looks like a really great sci-fi thriller. And of course, Hugh Jackman is always wonderful. So I am excited to check that out. And that's it for this week's Box Office Buzz. If you're looking for more entertainment-related content, be sure to check over out my blog over on the ESO Podcast website. Welcome to the Ring of Thunder, the most electrifying wrestling podcast in the Thunderverse and the ESO Network. From the power of the people's host, Sexy Thor, critics say, it doesn't matter what the critics say. You already know you're in for a hammer-swinging, burrito-eating, mic-blazing, hair-raising time with this weekly wrestling adventure, WWE, AEW, Impact, and whatever else I can possibly fit. If you hear what the Thunder is talking. And we're back. And now it's time for us to get some real food on. Uh, before we get to the main dish, let's uh, start with a side dish. And there's a number of different things that we could go here. Um, Mike, we're going to start with you. What's a uh, great side dish uh, for summer that you like on your picnic table? For me, you know, you would think it would be something, you know, with chips or something or such. But I would love it when I go to a picnic or I go to somebody's house and they make homemade potato salad. There's something about a fresh potato salad that just goes right to my heart, literally. And <laughs> and it's just it's re- there's just it's it's great because you have all these different flavors and there's so many different recipes from around the world, actually, for potato salad. And it's like I just love trying all different ones. 
and it's better than you know the store bought where you get a Publix or a Kroger or whichever that it, it everything you buy there tastes the same for potato salad. You can get German potato salad or you can get American potato salad or southern potato salad. But Isn't I love that it called when, tater salad. Exactly. And but I love it like when some people do red potato salad or, or or the German or you know, there's even I've even had Australian potato salad and it's it's really amazing the stuff you could try and I love when they people experiment with it. I've had potato salad with shrimp in it. I've had potato salad with bacon in it. And I've had, you know, it's just, it's just, it's awesome when you could just try all these different things. And I love tasting it. And it's like, it's a treat when you get that for me. Yeah. Very cool. Um, anybody else uh, in favor of potato salad, tater salad? I was, that's exactly what I was going to say. So Mike, Damn you, you took my idea. <laughs> uh, Anthony, is there a particular kind of tater salad you like? You know, I honestly, growing up, we kept it real simple. Um, so when I moved here, discovering things like southern potato salad that have things like egg in it, that was new to me and different, and I've grown really fond of that. It's it's amazing. Like I said, it's amazing when you try new t new potato salads or new recipes. Generally. Exactly. Exactly. Or as Judy says, as long as it doesn't have mayonnaise in it, it's okay with me. <laughs> <laughs> is there, um, is there I, I didn't a, say that though. You didn't hear that. Is, is there is there a mayonnaise and non mayonnaise type salad? Uh, is, oh is yeah, it a choice. It's a choice. Oh yeah. oh yeah. There's there's mustard, or there's people do oil and vinegar ones, and there's so many different ones, Mikey. You'd be amazed. Yeah, I, unfortunately, and not to put a, a dim a, a downer on anything, I, I cannot I cannot eat any sort of uh, salad like tuna salad, potato salad, um, any sort of thing like that because I just I think it's the texture. I just can't I can't do it. Um, um, and so I am I am uh, not able to enjoy those kind of things. Glad I didn't say macaroni salad. Jeez, that's another one. Yeah, I can't I can't do it. Just can't. Um, oh, I don't know what it is. I don't know if I just had a bad experience when I was a kid or what. But um, yeah, can't do it. So I'm I'm there with you. So really? Yeah, we're split. <laughs> I I do not. If potato salad only if it's like the oil and vinegar type with herbs mm -hmm. or something. Right. But if it's mayonnaise or mustard and no, the propensity for that to go bad at a picnic. Yeah, yeah. It's, let's put it's... let's put the dairy product outside. <laughs> yeah, <you know>? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Want a hot, big old hot glass of milk with that? Um, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Um, but you know what? And the weird thing is, is that oh, you could tell me, you could list all the ingredients, and I would, I could eat them separately. I mean, I like mayonnaise on my sandwiches. I like mayonnaise. I like mayo. I like mustard. Um, but like just combined. It's I, it's got to be the texture because it's just something that once I have it in my mouth, I just cannot cannot do anything with it. I can feel your uncomfort. <laughs> sorry, know. sorry. Let me through the wires. Sorry. No, I'm totally with you. So, 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 if salads are off, literally off the picnic table for us, uh, Tyra, what uh, what is something that is your side dish? So, I dad was my uh, my summer snack. Mom is going to be my side dish. Uh, she would make. Um, cream cheese and olives and pimentos you blend them all together mm. and you put them on celery mm. you had me and until it, you said celery it was awesome well you do you can, <laughs> you can do other things you can put it on a cracker i guess sure. but she would always have it on celery so 
yeah, it's just it's just a block of cream cheese, some olives, some pimentos. Fix that puppy up and slather it on something. Hmm. So, okay, that's that's always what I think of when I think of safe summer, <laughs> 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 which is still a dairy product, so it's probably not nearly as safe. But <laughs> no, it and it's awesome. olives, so you know. Yes. Yes. Get our salt taken. Unfortunately, I don't. I, I, I'd have to leave you with that because I, I, I'm not a big olive guy. So, <gasps> so what no. do you like? Yeah, I know, right? So now yeah, you're Mike. like, what, what, what do you like? What are you going to eat? Well, like, should we just bring a bag of chips for you or as, something? <laughs> as, as everybody knows, I usually try to keep it simple. And for me, there's nothing better that I want on the side of whatever I have in the summer than some corn on the cob, especially if it's grilled. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. My uh, my grandfather uh, had a farm in his backyard, and uh, so all the corn he had was right off the stalk, and uh, he would just like yank it off there, cook it up, and then we would actually like peel it out of the like stalk to eat it. Like it was, it was so fresh and so good. A little bit of butter on it, and it's I'm just in heaven, you know. Like it just is the best thing. Uh, put that on the grill, and I'm I'm good. So, so corn on the cob for me. So you guys can have all that other stuff. Corn on the cob is great, especially you know. Oh my god, awesome! Yeah, because I know like people who grill it like with with still the like the stalk, the part of the stalk on it, so they have a handle and stuff. Right, like that right, yeah. Because you need the you need corn on the cob like little tongs. Like you, mm-hmm. I, like mm-hmm. I, I need tongs. I can't like fingers if I have to, but I love having like the the the, the corn tongs. Oh yeah, and then or either that or. Um, like growing up, we used to, my mom used to wrap it in tinfoil, but before she did that, mm-hmm. she would butter it, then also put an old bay on top of seasoning with it mm-hmm. and roast oh. it. And it was amazing, you know, yeah, and everything. That's yeah, I gotta, great. I've got to go try that. Sorry. I'll be back. <laughs> We're done. And, and specifically for me, the tongs have to be, this is so silly, but the tongs have to be, they have to look like little corn on the cobs. Like oh. they have to be shaped like plastic corn on the cobs. That's, that's, those are the only tongs that'll, that'll do for me. Oh, we have like ones that look like a cow. <laughs> we have the one side is the head and then the other side's the butt. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's for me. So now we're at the main course, the main course. Um, and you know what? I'm going to go first because I'm going to get this out of the way because all of you guys are going to be like, really? But when I, I was trying to think of main courses and I like all sorts of, you know, main things to have, but when I think of something that I have specifically at summer and summer to me means, uh, baseball. And, uh, so if I'm watching baseball, whether it's at, uh, preferably at the ballpark, but even at home, there's nothing better than uh, uh, a hot dog. There's nothing better for me than a Fenway Frank. Oh, I was going to um, say, there's a lot of things better for you, Mike. But... <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's not, yeah, we're not talking about the health I ever have, like <laughs> I ever eat. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's a, that would be a very short show <laughs> <laughs> for me. <laughs> exactly. Nice you. Um, but uh yeah, we're not gonna be able to get anybody for that show. Um but <laughs> but yeah, so um the hot dog for me and uh yeah, preferably, you know, the best ones I, I could think of are Fenway Franks. It actually have them in Fenway Park. 
and uh and uh while watching a, a Sox game would be is like the best thing for me so that that's where my ideal is um anthony we're gonna go for you what is your uh main dish of choice so i'm going pretty uh pretty basic here as well but for me summer main course is grilled meats i don't really care what the meat is throw it on the grill it will probably be good burgers hot dogs steaks pork lamb just grill it it's gonna be phenomenal yeah chicken shrimp right like anything right yeah just kebabs and for me that is that's the taste of summer now, is there a specific kind of grill? Are you that picky? Like, does it have um, to be like... So I do prefer... So I recognize that gas is a bit more efficient, but I think charcoal gives it its own kind of unique flavor. Mm. So, there's, no, there's nothing at all like the flavor of charcoal. Yeah. So if I have a choice, I'll fire up the charcoal grill at home. But if I go around somewhere and someone's like, oh, I, I have a gas grill, I'm not going to be like, oh, sorry, I can't eat here. <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm not that much of an asshole <laughs> well... <laughs> thanks mike i love you too <laughs> we're friends for life dude yeah there is something i knew that you know i would have been surprised if we got out of here without hearing about you know grilled food because obviously that is a summer thing for sure yeah and i know some people especially down here like to keep that grill going as as long as they can all year round um and it's I'd, possible oh, yes. I've definitely grilled out in late November and kind of mid-February before. But, but, My husband's grilled in the snow. Yeah, I was going to say I've done <laughs> I've done that plenty of times. You know, had to bl- had to do push off the snow off the top of the grill and stuff like that. So it's not quite this. Sorry, Tyra, after you. No, he he built a cover over our grill, so he can now. It doesn't matter what the weather is. Nice. We have a roof now. I was going to say one of the joys of. Uh, growing up in the uk is i have very fond memories of seeing my father outside holding an umbrella while grilling <laughs> of course of course um and you're right i i don't know what it is but there's something about grilled meat in particular but grilled food that just it just tastes better it just tastes fresher it i don't know how to describe it it just you know because you can heat meat any other way right but yet there's something about that fire that's coming right from that grill that just feels more organic. I think it's, um, you know, almost like the inconsistent application of the heat, right? So you get the flames coming up, you get a little bit of carbonization across the food, but it's not all necessarily spread across the surface. You get little pockets that might get a little bit crispier and Mm. that adds flavor to it and, you know, really creates that, I don't know, almost more authentic. No, I agree with that because like, like what Mike was saying earlier about hot dogs, you know, there's something, you know, a steamed hot dog is really good, but there is nothing like a grilled hot dog. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same thing with uh, corn on the cob. I mean, I can boil, you know, the corn on the cob, but there's something about it, just putting it on the grill. That's like, Oh, that's better. Yeah. That's so much better. Oh God. Yeah. I agree completely. (laughs) We got a smoker. Ooh, well, that's yeah. that's a whole nother level. <laughs> no, he he's gotten up at three o'clock in the morning to put the brisket on. Oh so, man, wow, burnt that's, in. That's on a burnt that's on a that's on a whole other level. We're like, you know, there's grillers and smokers are like, ooh, yeah, that's wow, that's yeah. good, that's great. Basically, stuff. you know, folks who own smokers are like, here, hold my beer, you know, basically, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, totally like that. And he's awesome, but burnt ends for me, oh, yeah. burnt ends and hot dogs on a grill. 
I love hot dogs on a grill. Mm -hmm. But we've actually rerouted to get barbecue during the summer. Like we found a barbecue place we liked. We went to it on the way up and then we rerouted an hour away so we could come back by to have barbecue again. <laughs> We're very serious about our barbecue in this household. Ah, I bet. I mean, it, it's a serious thing. It is a serious thing. Is that is that your pick or barbecue oh, or something yeah, else? Yeah. It is barbecue. No, barbecue. Barbecue. Yeah. And is there a, now? That's that's a loaded word, right? Like barbecue. Like so. Like you have to get more specific. What kind of barbecue? And I know we've talked about some a lot of these things on our previous shows, but I like dry rub and I like smoked and burnt ends are my favorite. Mm. Now that we've learned how to do them, he makes that's amazing burnt ends now. He was very brave. The first thing he did on our smoker was a brisket. Gotcha. And it was delicious. So. Wow. Okay. I, um, growing up to me, it was always chicken. Um, I always like, we just had barbecue chicken and that was like the, everything. That was everything. Um, and then I came down South and I discovered, uh, pork, uh, barbecue pork. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Um, and then just recently, I can't believe it took me this long, but just like within the last two years, I discovered brisket and I'm like, holy crap, this is something even better. Like, <laughs> that's, uh, oh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. And yeah, there's so many different kinds. And I, you know, I, I, I look, I'm, I'm not a expert on barbecue. Um, I, I know what I like, but, um, you know, if someone asks me, it's like whether it's Memphis or Carolina or Texas or whatever, I, to be honest with you, I, I can't I can't tell them apart very well. Um, but I I know once I eat it, if I like it or not. So. Oh, yeah, there's and, so I, and, many... I, and very rarely have I had barbecue and I've ever been like, oh, I don't like this. Like, <laughs> so whatever it is, I usually, you know, I usually like it, period. Oh, yeah. Well, it also depends what part of the country you get it in, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Because each part has different styles or even d different parts of the world. Like, I know, you know, like, brisket is just the bomb. But, you know, if you go to t Texas, you get pork or you get real pit beef type stuff. And it's just amazing. Or you go up to, like, the mid-Atlantic. That's where you get into the roast beef and you get, you know... And the you know the pit beef barbecue, and it's just it's just it's just it's just awesome stuff that you can get all around and everything. And man, you just enjoy whatever you get your hands on. So. Yeah, I I do, I, and that's the thing. I just I enjoy it all for what it is um, on a case by case basis. But but I understand, you know, it wasn't until you know a while ago I understood that people in the South, especially are very, I mean, man, they're very serious about that stuff. I mean, their barbecue, their chilies, like there are like wars fought over some of this stuff. Like I just, it's crazy. It's true. <laughs> it's so true. It I is, mean, right? My nephew competes in a barbecue competition at their pool house every summer and it's hot. I mean, mm -hmm. They are serious about who wins. Oh, I was a judge, a barbecue contest judge for, oh, nice. for like for five years straight, probably about 10 years ago. But we we did that. We did, you know, me and my friend Bert went all the way through the South and we were judges at these contests. And it was just like, oh, come on, bring it in. I just want to try all this different stuff. So how you know, does one get to be a judge in one of these? I'm asking for a friend. Oh, for, <laughs> Um, there are places where you take a class, let's like a six hour class and they teach you about how you judge different things 
and what they're looking for in the contests and everything. And as you grow and you, your knowledge of the different types of cooking, the different types of meat, the different, you know, tastes and everything, you rise through the ranks and you become, you know, you get invited up to the nationals to judge and everything. It's pretty awesome. My friend uh, did it a couple years after I did, and he got was invited out to Texas and out to Oklahoma to do a couple of contests. It was pretty awesome. Thank you, I Sensei. Could make, I could imagine you could make some enemies being a judge. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> and I don't want to see a horse's head on my, in the bed next to me, so it's okay. But, but I, I'm curious just to pause on that for a second because I know that, you know, obviously certain – uh, barbecue sauces, I think, go better with certain foods, right? Oh, like God, yeah. Meat, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so when you're taught to judge or when you're judging, because that can be, that can be very subjective. Do you, is that, do you just go with the subject, subjectivity or is there specific qualities that you look for that make a great barbecue sauce? Um, it depends because each region has a barbecue type of barbecue sauce they're known for. And then there's also then getting into spices and then getting into, you know, hotness and flavors and, you know, experimentation that also, you know, people have lost contests because of their sauce they have on their meat. Their meat could be amazing, but the sauce they have on it could totally kill the flavor of the meat itself. If they so drown you it, judge in. the whole thing. Oh yeah. Very much so. That's not just the sauce. It's not just the... Right. No. It's the, you have to go around and see how they're grilling it. You have to go and look at what, you know, what they're doing. And, you know, you have to see, you know, because a lot of them are out there from 4 a.m. for a 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock contest. And they're out there, you know, smoking their meat. And you have to make sure they're not putting filler into it or artificial stuff to help enhance the taste, like artificial smoke and stuff like that to help with the smoke flavor. It's pretty amazing. And people have been caught and they've been disqualified for stuff like that. Mm. Mm. Wow. wow. Yeah. I'm curious. What is everybody's favorite barbecue type of sauce? Oh, see, I like a sweet tangy sauce. For me, I, I don't like like the mustard sauce and stuff like that. I like something with some heat, but also a little bit of sweetness on it. I don't know mm-hmm. what the different regions of sauce are, yeah. but yeah, you know I, that's I, what I, could... that, I know what I like, and that's that combination of heat and sweetness. Yeah, I, I'm same as far as uh, not knowing specifically, but personally, I like a little bit of sweetness and some smokiness to it. I like some some uh, some yeah, it makes it feel like it was in a smoker for a while. I, I like a, a a sweet and hot too. Yeah, and and a, let's face it, an organic smokiness, not that like stuff that you can just pour on. It's like right. gives mm-hmm. a smoke flavor. Quote oh yeah, unquote. I yeah, I am not yeah. a big fan of that. Mm-mm. Oh no, and it's it's funny. And you watching. can always tell. Well, you could tell. You could see the people pouring this the artificial smoke, you know, smoke flavoring on their meat and everything, and you could taste it because a lot of times it has an aftertaste to it. Yeah, it's got a yeah a chemical taste to it. Usually. Yeah, so you can you can tell when something's organic. Um, so, yeah. so very cool. Well, for my main course though, it has yes. nothing to do with meat at all. Wow, I thought oh. that was your main course. No, 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 no. That was theirs. Yeah, <laughs> Fine, the barbecue will be over here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Fine. Mine actually is a low country boil. Ooh. You know, um, growing up in Maryland, um, 
we were big into seafood because we, you know, it's the Chesapeake Bay, the ocean. We have like crabs everywhere and everything. And, you know, we used to get bushels of crabs and stuff. And that was going to be my choice. But then I started really thinking about it. What went better even than crabs was it an old country boil because they would literally have newspaper on a long table and they would come and bring the big pots out and just throw it out on the table and it would have crab, shrimp, uh, cr crab legs, lobster sometimes, corn on the cob, um, sausage. And it, you know, it was just amazing because it was all boiled with old Bay and it was just the flavors all mixed together and you just grab and it had, Oh, also had potatoes in it also. And it was, it was just awesome. No mayonnaise, Mike. So you don't have anything to worry about. That. <laughs> and I, so, but and it, it's, it's just an amazing, amazing flavor and certain places like we've been to low country boils up in, Seattle and stuff, and they throw in uh, salmon also, and oh. it's pretty cool. And you know, and so it just—it's pretty awesome when you can do that. And it's great because it's a communal meal. You just sit around at the table, and everyone is just talking and chatting and just grabbing the food. And you know, the, and when the, the corn and the cob pieces is like not the full stock, you know, the full thing. It's like all cut, like cut into halves and everything so everything's you know hands fits in your hand and everything and it's just awesome and you, you have a, if you need anything you have a mallet and you have like a cracker with you and you know you, you break open the crab legs and stuff like that and you're just and you you spend hours you have a beer or you have um whatever summer drink you want with it and it's just it's great you just sit around and you know you have the tiki lamps around you and everything because you're sitting usually at a picnic table or something and you just it's just a, it's a great activity and the memories around that are just awesome and everything That's cool mm -hmm. and it's it's just fun and you know you just it's it's just a great event, and you know sometimes you do it at the beach, sometimes you do it at a park, sometimes you do it at a restaurant, or you do it at a friend's house, you know. And it's just it's just it's just a great great time, and it, it gets expensive sometimes, but it's it's worth it because the <laughs> the food you know you go in and you know, and it's just great. I remember Joe's Crab Shack for a little bit tried doing the Low Country Boil thing, and it didn't even compare. It wasn't even close. So, I think what's really interesting is all four of us have chosen things that can fundamentally be very communal foods. Oh yeah, um, and you know I think that goes down to you know summer when the weather's nice. It's almost that base human instinct going back to breaking bread together as a way of socializing and getting to know each other, and we combine that psychologically with the taste of the food to enhance the overall experience. And I think that's why we've all kind of swung towards more communal, as I said, type foods. Well, summertime is usually the time when everybody gets together, mm -hmm. non-pandemic, but, you know, and just <laughs> socialize. And because winter, you're, you're growing up or wherever you are, it's usually winter is you're stuck in your house or you're, you know, bogged down because it gets dark early and you're all, you know, trying to stay warm and everything. Summertime, it, you know, it doesn't get late, dark till later. And it just, it's a great, great experience 
you know, like when I was in Seattle, it didn't even have sunset till like 10 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it depends where you live and everything. And you enjoy that. And you, you want to be outside during the summer, except for in Atlanta, where it's like hell when you go outside. <laughs> Hotter than hell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and yeah, and like I said, at the top of the show, all those places I mentioned, whether you're on the beach or the backyard or the ballpark, uh, or even on the back patio, these are places that you're not usually by yourself. No, you know, you're, you're with friends with a, yeah, or family members. Yeah, you're with a lot of people, and and summer, yeah, is is the time to do that usually, unless mm -hmm. it's there's and yeah, unless there's no pandemic, <laughs> which I guess wow. is an, ast yeah. an asterisk on everything, right? <sighs> um, right. Uh, but that's cool, Mike. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think I've ever experienced, uh, that, uh, the boil cause I've, yeah, I'm not usually huge on seafood. Although I will say, uh, your recent, uh, trips up to Maine and having what you had the lobster roll, right. And, uh, oh, we had lobster rolls, we had fried clams and clams. Had, and like, I have a thing. I was like, we okay, that, that, that brings back some stuff. Like I, I, yeah, that, that speaks summer to me as well. Because uh, up in New England, everybody like goes and has has the clam rolls or the or the uh, the lobster rolls or whatever, and that's that's a great. Says time. the man who doesn't like seafood. It's pretty. Awesome. I don't. I don't. <laughs> uh, but those uh, those are exceptions. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, those. Are, I'll make an exception for lobster. Yes. <laughs> so busy. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we'll, we'll send you a Mick lobster roll next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, all right, we're done with the main course. Uh, time to get the dessert a little bit. And so, but before we do that, we're all going to take a little bit of a break and uh, come right back and, and see if we can have some room for dessert. I need to walk around the block or two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, Michelle here with an iconic rock talk show moment, and I've got some news about The Cure. Simon Gallup, who's been their bass player since 1985 and before that from 79 to 82, announced on his Facebook page over the weekend that he's no longer with the band. Quote unquote, with a slightly heavy heart, I am no longer a member of The Cure. Good luck to all of them. A fan asked him if this was health related, and he replied, I'm okay, just got fed up of betrayal. He has since deleted the account. He has stepped away a couple of times in recent years uh, due to what was called serious personal situations, and his son Eden filled in for him. Uh, the band has not replied to this in any way. Roger O'Donnell, their keyboard player, tweeted, A friend just told me they saw Lowell in the Guitar Center buying a bass. Nobody knows if he's uh, serious or joking. Uh, that, of course, is Lowell Tullhurst, their former drummer. Uh, Robert Smith has not said anything at all, and this is a guy he called the heart of the live band. And talking about the band's relationship, Robert Smith said, it would take something really extraordinary for that friendship to break. Apparently it has. It's unclear right now if this is in fact true, and if it is, who's going to be playing bass from here on out. And right now we are in a very uh, schizophrenic, strange situation with COVID. Uh, returning to normal life and at the same time facing a very real threat from the Delta variant. And this is affecting the 
return of live music that we were all hoping for. Uh, Stevie Nicks has announced she is pulling out of all appearances for the rest of the year, including the Shaky Knees Festival in Atlanta that she was going to headline. She's been replaced by the Foo Fighters, who interestingly are one of a growing number of, of acts that require either proof of vaccination or a negative test at their shows. Um, this includes Fish, Maroon 5, Jason Isbell, Dead and Company with John Mayer, and the list grows all the time. And now AEG Presents, the world's second largest live music company, announced that they will start implementing a new vaccine policy across all 48 clubs and theaters they own or operate in the United States. They also have a couple in Great Britain. Um, This includes big and small venues like Fiddler's Green in Colorado, the Shrine Auditorium in L.A., Forest Hills in New York, and little ones like Showbox Soto in Seattle and the Agora in Cleveland. I hate that the Agora is corporate-owned now. Um, This policy also covers their festivals, including Coachella, Firefly, and Day in Vegas. These rules go into effect October 1st, and they did not say anything about having to wear a mask. So the interesting times aren't over yet, y'all. We'll see where this takes us. This has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show Moment, and we will catch you next time. Welcome to Dr. Geek's Laboratory. Dr. Geek here with another reminder that the ESO Network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. And we're back. And uh, I think I think if you had to work out, if you had to, you know, do whatever uh, to to get some room for dessert, let's uh, let's see what we can come up with with our favorite summer desserts. Uh, Tyra will go with you first. What's on the table? Uh, homemade ice cream. Ooh, so that's hard to beat. That when my I was growing up, my dad had one of the ones you had to crank. Yep. So manual. So that's what children were for. Was cranking the ice cream. <laughs> We made amazing vanilla ice cream. And uh, when I, my husband had a machine that he didn't tell me about for the first five years of our marriage. And uh, we make strawberry ice cream in it that is amazing. So So, hang on. You guys had this thing for five years before he told you about it? No, he didn't tell me. And we're still married. I was going to say, you stayed when you find out, when you found out he had been there for five years. Okay. I like him. He's very handy. So, you know. fair enough but he's making strawberry ice cream for me now so you know it's all good i was gonna say he has a lot of ice cream worth of apology to make to you yes and guess what his favorite dessert is ice cream oh well okay i know (laughs) that was too easy i think i was was expecting a curve there no no so (laughs) anthony understands that it was the great mystery but yeah no i don't think you can feed homemade ice cream i really don't well, Anthony's going to try. I know he is. <laughs> I can feel it. So I'm going to go very British again Uh-oh. and say my favorite summer dessert is Eaton Mess. So that's, What the hell is that? So it's like crumbled up meringue with generally fresh berries, normally strawberries, but you can mix oh, yes. it up with other berries and just cream. Mm-hmm. And you kind of mix it all together and it's crunchy. It's got that pop of freshness. It's got the richness, richness from the cream. It is a phenomenal summer dessert. 
probably best not to take to a picnic if you don't have a cooler because then you run into that dairy problem we talked about earlier but you know again if you're doing a party in your backyard and people can go inside to get it works Mm. fantastically or if you have a really nice cooler that keeps everything beautifully cool also a great way to handle that but yes i adore that and for me that just reminds me of growing up in england and going to garden parties with my parents friends and my friends birthday parties and you almost always saw that there was a restaurant in metro atlanta that served something like that they were an irish mexican restaurant really strange i know okay they were two chefs that met two sous chefs met married and had a restaurant and she was irish and he was uh, mexican so they had an irish mexican restaurant but they had that dessert and i never knew what it was called but they closed and you're right it is awesome it it it's very close to ice cream Hmm. Sounds I, amazing. I, I, would like I like to Mike. Try it. I had never heard of it before. Um, well, very cool. Um, Mike, what about you? Um, on, for me, on tap? for me, um, you've actually had this one, Mike. So you will know. Um, our friend Rosalind Faulkner actually makes an amazing watermelon salad mm. that actually is an amazing. It could be a side dish, but it could also be a dessert. It actually has watermelon in, of course, but it also has cucumber in it. It also has blueberries, and it also has little mozzarella cheese balls in it also. And it is amazing. It is just an amazing, refreshing dessert. And I think it's a family recipe that she has. And she actually brought it when we went to see Bare Naked Ladies. She mm. brought it with. And you know, I watched you eat it. So it was, <laughs> it was that memorable. He remembers it, folks. So. <laughs> so, yeah, it is just it's one of my favorite desserts for, you know, because it's light and everything. And, you know, it's not homemade ice cream. So there you go. You know? Yeah, well. But it's watermelon. So. It is watermelon. It's watermelon, right. <laughs> And and watermelon almost I almost placed it as a dessert, and then I thought, nah, it's better as a snack because you can have it at any time. And uh, and for me, the dessert of choice is, for summer is uh, cobbler. Um, it's probably the heaviest thing on my entire list, um, just because I mean the cobbler that I usually have uh, that I can recall and that what I like, I mean, it's usually like, yeah, you need to really save some room for it because you're going to need it because it's not just a cobbler. It needs that a la mode. It needs that ice cream topper. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and especially if it's homemade, so I'll, I'll grab that at any time. Um, but homemade cobbler as well. My aunt used to uh, make this cobbler. They had a cherry tree in their front yard and uh so they would um <laughs> uh, again that's what the children were for we had to uh when i stayed the summer over there me and my cousin had to uh pick the cherries uh every day uh felt like um and <laughs> and but the, our reward was that we had this amazing cherry cobbler um for desserts a lot of times and man i could not get enough of that um and i've really grown fond since i've moved down here to peach cobbler um i like that very much as well so uh i know mike you're not into peaches but but um um and i've had other cobblers too like blueberry and and 
there's another kind of berry too that I've had I that I can't recall. Blackberry coffee. Yes, blackberry that's what is really awesome. You. Yes. Yes. <laughs> blackberry. Thank you. Yes. Um, you know what's weird? For the longest time, Kroger used to make an amazing blackberry cobbler, but then they stopped for some reason. This was like a decade ago. Um, and then they stopped for some reason. And uh, weird. Then, we, then, then we stopped going there. So um, <laughs> you, you became a Publix family from that point <laughs> on. Pretty much. Um, not that they have any uh, blackberry cobbler either. But um, but yeah, that's that's my choice. So that's like, that, again, that's the heaviest thing. That's probably on my list here. So Very nice. All right. Yeah, so. My- my significant other, Mike, makes a really, really good fresh peach cobbler. Um, uh, she made some over the weekend, and I was very content for a couple of days of dessert. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, because if you, yeah, because a little goes a long way, right? Like you can just have like a little bit of that. That's one that I can, you know, I can have one serving of that, and I'm fine. Um, I don't go up for seconds because that means I can't get any tomorrow. <laughs> well, the great thing also with, with a good with a good cobbler, though, you also have to have a nice scoop of vanilla ice cream with it too. Absolutely, a lot of times. Yes, absolutely. And and if it's homemade, you know, even better. Exactly. So I knew someone was going to pick ice cream, and I am kind of curious because ice cream is another one of those things where it's like there's so many different kinds, um, and there's so many different styles. Um, everything ranging from sort of the light soft serve to the heavy like custard type ice or cream gelato um, co- or something. Uh, getting yeah getting a concrete or something like that i mean they, they literally call it concrete like it's like that's how heavy it is um i like them all i don't know if you any of you guys have preferences as far as uh your ice creams goes but um but yeah i there's sometimes where i'm in just in the mood for a nice soft serve um uh especially like from dairy queen i have a lot of fond memories of going to dairy queen as a kid um and uh and that's right there but i i don't know um tired you i mean you said homemade ice cream but is there a specific other kind of ice cream that you like as well um outside of homemade i love gelato like mm-hmm. where it's almost a sorbet but not quite right especially during the summer i mean you just can't oh, so refreshing and just got enough that it quenches you at the same time so i would say gelato i love like home not like homemade ice cream but i like ice cream from non chains Mm -hmm. you know the the mom and pop ice cream places and we have a place over in kennesaw that will basically take the cream put it in a bowl and then they will basically put whatever toppings and stuff you want put it into the bowl and then they will use nitro like nitrous oxide like the to freeze it and they basically will you know basically freeze it and then stir it all up and everything and it becomes ice cream for you and then they give it to you and put whatever else you need on it it's in downtown kennesaw it's i, I need to know what this place is <laughs> so i will send you a link to it okay. i live in kennesaw and yes. i feel like I'm, I'm missing out it, it's literally 15 minutes from your house <laughs> Goodbye, people. <laughs> they do like do they do an Uber Eats kind of thing? I could just well, I don't know. I don't I, want I, to do Uber but Eats. I, if I, ice cream, yeah, it's going to be like a soup by the time it gets to you, right? Oh, very much so. But actually, yeah. that leads into my guilty pleasure, the next category. Ooh, well, I guess so, we'll go to guilty. Oh, wait, Anthony, oh, well, uh, very quickly, just yes. a shout out on a soft surf place in downtown Atlanta in the Summerhill neighborhood. Okay, it's called. Big Softy. 
Um, it's literally three blocks from my house, so I walk there. <laughs> but they do fantastic soft serve. They've got vanilla. They've got a vegan flavor. They normally have a couple of rotating ones. Most recently, they had a matcha one and a peach one, which work very well when swirled together, by the way. Um, <laughs> so if you're in the Atlanta area, definitely check that place out. Sorry to derail you, Mike. No, no absolutely. Guilty pleasure. It, it, it's called it, Big Softy. Big Softy. Good, good information to know. Awesome. So Yeah, it's pretty amazing stuff when you find a really good ice cream place and... You know, and that's the cool thing about it is you could try some stuff and every person, every place people know is like, oh, you got to go to this place. There's this other place. There's like the, there was this place in downtown Roswell called Butters and Cream, which was amazing. And there's also one of those in Decatur. And mm-hmm. it's that was also pretty darn amazing. And so it's just, you know, for me, my guilty summer guilty pleasure actually was after a day at the beach, at the day at the park or something, always my parents would take us for soft serve, you know, mm. and it was always special because it was the place, you know, with the neon lights and the, you know, the, you know, you pull up in your car and, you know, you walk up to the ice cream, the window and the kids would go like, what do you want? You know, and everything like that. And it was, it just always has good feelings to, to me. And, you know, even now going someplace, even like Brewster's or something, it's, you know, has, you know, that kind of feel on a hot summer night. It's just going for, you know, after, even though you had dinner at home and everything, going out for ice cream is just special. And that's like a true guilty pleasure for me. Hmm. I don't. I don't feel very guilty when I eat ice cream. I don't know. Maybe I should, but I don't. <laughs> but I guess if I did feel guilty about any ice cream, it would be soft serve. Although, because it seems, because soft serve does seems a little bit more. I don't know, fast foody. But, um, uh, but yet I still love it. I still love it. I still love it. It's always fun to sort of race between melt it melting in the cone and you eating it like how much is going to end up on your hand and how much is going to like you know like it's it's a race right <laughs> so especially how hot it is especially how hot it is here um yeah. i lose that race every time so what my partner likes to do is if it's a place that will do it in a cup she likes to order the soft serve in a cup but uh-huh. ask them to put the cone upside down on top <laughs> i see i see <laughs> <laughs> see to me like the challenge is having it as a cone and and then having that race if if i have it i feel like people who have it in a cup are cheating <laughs> like they just like <laughs> i always get it in the cone but i i thought that was very smart of her like no, getting absolutely. the cone on top that yeah, way that she gets the crunch no, exactly because i'm Cause a cup girl so there is that there is that satisfying crunch at the end like when you're finished with the soft serve you got a, like a little little cup of cone cup full of ice cream right it's just the perfect mm-hmm. ending um all right i'm gonna go next uh because my guilty pleasure is something that yes this is like especially as a type 2 diabetic i should not have this at all and this particular summer for some reason it's kicked in like crazy um i cannot get enough of these things uh they are so awful and so full of sugar but i love them and they are slush puppies Oh, um, uh, so Slurpees, basically. Yeah, you can call them Slurpees, or a lot of places call them freezes, or you know, whatever you want to call it. Just like you know, put a sugary substance and mix it with a bunch of ice and a flavor, and that's and that's what you've got. Um, I um, all right. So here's the story. 
uh, about how I got addicted to slush puppies this summer uh, once again, because I, 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 I've been known to have them a lot. Uh, when I was younger, I worked at a convenience store and we had an actual icy slush puppy legit machine. And I used to uh, eat from that thing all the time, try different flavors. You know, we'd mix flavors up. We, I, we'd have every, we'd have a cup full of every single flavor. Um, my favorite in particular is uh, pineapple coconut. Remember, though, uh, that's how Bart Simpson ended up in the Cub Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but um, specifically this year, uh, I, uh, we don't have AC in this house. Uh, our AC unit broke, and uh, unfortunately, we do not have the funds to fix it. So we've been kind of uh, uh, doing what we can with it. And um, it has been kind of brutal. Uh, and a, a few weeks ago, it was in its nine in the nineties here, and in the house, it was probably about ninety as well. Um, and that was that was pretty bad. So um, I would sweat all the time at home, all the time. So I I went out to eat, brought home like went through a drive through, got myself a slush puppy, a large, the largest one I could find. And I, and I got home and I drank the hell out of it. I mean, I drank it so fast. You know how you get those brain freezes and I, mm-hmm. and I do not react well to brain freezes. Like they will take me down. Like I will get like a headache and I will need to lay down for like two hours after one of these things. And yet I, I suffered through two of those and I drank it so fast and it got so cold that I wasn't sweating anymore. It, I, it was the first time in months that I'd actually felt like cold and non-sweaty in my house and it was so beautiful and i have had slush puppies like almost every other day since then um so um i can't get enough of these things now granted they're different like you know i try to get healthier options like you said there's there's places that make freezes there's places that make like you know more organic ones uh so that's that's a nice uh, thing to have and i don't know actually to be honest with you i don't know offhand where a place where you get an actual icy slush puppy is anymore um i know that they're probably around but i i haven't i don't know if i've seen one for a little while so but uh that is that is my uh uh guilty pleasure that's awesome that's a good one <laughs> i love getting brain freezes that's my guilty pleasure it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh i hate it i hate it so much i mean like i said it will take me down like i will I, I do not respond well to those things. Uh, they just, they wreck me. But um, I will suffer through them if I have to. Uh, Anthony, what's about what you? What's a summer guilty pleasure for you? Uh, I'm, I mean, it's really a guilty pleasure anytime, but feeding into all of the ice cream talk, I've got to say ice cream sandwiches. Oh, I mean, yes. oh, they yeah. are wonderful, but, you know, ice cream between two cookies, the calorie content on that is horrific. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I, remember, so, I remember first time going to Ben and Jerry's and they make, use their ice cream oh, yeah. and with real cookies. And it's just mm-hmm. like, oh. I mean, it's awesome, but, you know, you do not want to think about doing that no. if you're on any form of diet whatsoever. Uh, but they're fantastic you know that to me that is a real guilty pleasure yeah that that qualifies and i love those as well um even like the little cheap like under a dollar ones like that are just like the what are the little chocolate wafer ones yeah but there's something special about one of those gourmet ones that's maybe done with like a a couple of years ago you feel less guilty about it 
yeah. My, <laughs> my, my girlfriend made like some what she called trick or treat leftover cookies. So it had like mini Reese's cups, M&Ms, little bits of chocolate coated pretzel in the cookie. Uh, and then used vanilla ice cream between those. And wow, that was uh, that was ridiculous. Yes. And very much enjoyable. But um, yeah, I, I definitely had to avoid thinking about the uh, the calorie content of that. Yes. <laughs> calories gonna, are only in your yeah. mind anyway. If, if you're going to kill yourself with calories, you'd probably like to, if the more like fancy, uh, fancier it is or the more gourmet it is, it feels like a little bit more legit. Exactly. Hey, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a smile. Damn it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, Tara, take us home. What is so, your guilty pleasure for the summer? I'm getting ready to have mine very soon <laughs> at Dragon nice. Con because oh, okay. there's the Great American Cookie Company. And mm. I love a good ice cream sandwich, but I love two cookies with frosting, vanilla, wonderful, horrible um... sugar in between them. I have and some I bad do. news for you. Are they closed? They're gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. they just stabbed they, my heart. I'm sorry. The cookie <laughs> shop went the way of the dodo. Oh, no. And it's been replaced with like a healthy lunch place. Oh, that's right. I, insult. I forgot Anthony <laughs> works down there. I forgot. I'm going to go cry now. I do I mean, that literally I'm... every Dragon Con. <laughs> so now I'm going to have to, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I would go down to the varsity and have a frosted orange. That would be my next one. First off, the varsity is a guilty pleasure just in general. The varsity will always be there. That I can honestly tell you. So I'll go get a frosted orange. So Tyra, I think if you're willing to walk a little further or, you know, drive a little further downtown, I think there's still a Great American Cookies somewhere around the Georgia World Congress Center. Oh, no. yeah, is, it at, is, it at the, is it at CNN Center? The, I think it might be. Yeah. Yeah, not in that heat. No. <laughs> fair. <laughs> Very fair. I'll go by yeah. Town Center and see if there's still one there. Get me one to bring down with me. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to miss that place too. I don't know if I've ever actually got a cookie there, but it was always nice to see the designs in the window. And they always would do something kind of unique for Dragon Con weekend. We used to get cookie cakes for coworkers when they were, um, you know, birthdays or um, retirements or or what have you. So mm. They are missed. Wow! Now you see. Now you just struck another uh, a memory chord in me of uh, of the ice cream cakes from Carvel that uh, that, we, that I used to see on TV, and we used to always like beg for for birthdays and whatnot when we were kids. Oh, I used to love Carvel cakes. Those were yeah. awesome. All right. Goodness gracious. Now we've uh, put on, I, I think we put on like a bunch of calories I, just talking about this stuff. I think I gained weight while we were doing this. Well, we've yeah. been just sitting in front of microphones. Of course we have. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. Well, very cool. Well, it has been awesome uh, sharing with you guys. Um, and uh, I really appreciate it. You guys being here and joining us. It was all good picks. And uh man, uh, now I'm going to be craving all sorts of kinds of things going into the last few weeks of summer and probably other listeners will be too. So thanks for that. We'll be right back and we'll close out. The show. I could almost taste it, baby.
Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about What If, Episode 1. Marvel aired their first episode of their animated series, What If, starting off with Captain Carter, a parallel world where, instead of Steve becoming Captain America, Agent Carter becomes the superhuman hero. We see how the world would have played out with her basically going through the actions of the first Captain America movie. We see people's reactions to a woman fighting in the war, and we get to see Steve Rogers pilot an iron suit powered by the Tesseract. I really love this version and would love to see an episode for the after Nick Fury recruited her in the modern times. Just because the episode set during the World War was so fun and so well done. After such a strong start, I am pumped for the other episodes that will be coming in this series. We also do not know if we will see any of these characters in the coming movies, since with the events of the end of Loki, any of these realities could be possible now. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? You're going to have to listen to find out. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO Network. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank our guests for being here tonight. Tyra, thank you for joining us for a little meal tonight. I've had a blast, and I am so glad I had dinner first. But I'm having ice cream tomorrow, for sure. Oh, yes. You know, now that I've given you a new Kennesaw hangout, you're going to be, Absolutely. you know, be prepared to wait, though, because the line is a lot of times out the door. Well, school started today, so... It'll probably be crazy. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it will. Anything you want to promote or shout out about? Uh, you can find me at tireworton.com. That has everything. And hopefully sometime this fall, I'll have a new social media book coming out. Yay. That is awesome. I'm very excited. That is very, very cool. Can't wait to hear, so, read about it. Socially evergreen. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds pretty mm -hmm. cool. That sounds really cool. And we will see you at DragonCon, of course. Absolutely. I'm going to have my running shoes on. I have eight panels and... Three of them are in different hotels, back to back to back. Of course. Wow. And you'll be wearing five masks at the same time. So it would be perfect. Yes. <laughs> so that would be cool. Excellent. And Anthony, my friend, we made it through another meal. We did. And Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure, as it always is, to be on ESW, ESO, not ESW. Wow. Getting my shows mixed wow. up. Oh, you know, it's like, you know, invite him on one show. He thinks he's on everyone. You know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> So that's pretty cool. Anything you want to promote? My so friend? as usual, Watchers in the Fourth Dimension um, is my podcast. We are watching our way through all of Doctor Who from 1963 until, candidly, whenever we give up. Uh, we are currently right at the beginning of the John Pertwee era. So we've just made the move into color and we are loving it so far. Oh, you guys are great to listen to. And I'm enjoying where you guys are right now because th this is our wheelhouse. Pertwee is so much fun to watch and you guys are right at the beginning of his year too which is pretty cool we are which has been rough on some who miss the travels in time and space but uh we will get back to that soon sometime okay. yeah you got a little bit to we go, do you know we do. You, ha you have a lot of the brigadier ahead of you we definitely good. do that is awesome my friend 
and Mr. Mike Gordon. We have made it through another episode. We did, and as always, it's my pleasure. Okay, I'm going to sit here and digest while you talk about your what's on your mind this week. <laughs> um, I'm going to give a shout-out, and uh, I think this is going to come as no surprise to anybody who's been listening uh, for uh, the last few weeks. But um, uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, the folks that have supported me on my Kickstarter. Uh, the Kickstarter for the Tiki Zombie 10-Year Tiki-versary uh, started on Friday. That went active on Friday. And the first 48 hours uh, were fantastic. Uh, uh, we have already exceeded 80% of our funding. Um, and I'm just completely blown away by the support. I had no expectations um, when I began this project of certainly uh, doing that well so fast. Um, and uh, what a great way to kick off a Kickstarter. Uh, thanks to everybody uh, who has supported thus far, including my wonderfully generous co-host. Um, and, um, you know, uh, there's more to come, uh, even, it, you know, once we get funded, it's not, that doesn't mean that it's over. It just means that we're funded and the book's going to happen. So we've got a lot more, of uh, rewards, add-ons, prizes, surprises, um, hopefully stretch goals, that we are going to put into play over the coming weeks because this will not end until mid-September. So um, I look forward to uh, getting more support. But uh, for those people who have supported already, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And thank you certainly to uh, Kevin over at Inc. Marketing. Uh, I was on uh, their show, Atomic Comic Rottery, on Friday night. We had a blast, and uh, he's, been, he's been a great resource to, to use as well. No, it's it was great watching you up there. And Mr. Mike, you're going to make it and you're going to blow past your goals. You're going to get all this extra bonus stuff. And folks, like Mike was saying, even if you hit he hits his goal, keep donating. Don't, you know, stop. You know, there's going to be some amazing bonus stuff that he's going to be offering. And, you know, it's for a good cause. Tiki Zombie is a fun comic. If you haven't picked up the first three issues definitely check it out it's it's a great great tale to tell so please check it out my shout outs real quick we had two familiar shows come back and i was so happy this last weekend i got to watch lower decks was back yes. it was great to catch up with some of our friends over at star trek and they actually went old school big time on this episode mm -hmm. and it was a lot of fun actually to the very first um, official episode of Star Trek. They went back. And it was a ton of fun and it was great to see catch up with old friends, to catch up with a lot of tales. And I some people lower decks is not to their tasting, but I think it's a ton of fun. And, you know, it's just nice to see more tales from the Star Trek universe, just not with, you know, the people who are on the bridge. So it's kind of neat to see. Also, we got a return of Titans, which was a lot of fun over on HBO. Uh, they released the first three episodes, and man, they did not start off slow. They started right off, and I'm not spoiling anything because it's right there at the very beginning of season three. They deal with the death of uh, Jason Todd pretty much right there. And it, the Joker takes them out, and it was amazing to see how they dealt with it. And it's 
a lot of fun. This is going to be a fun season of Titans, and I enjoyed the first two. If you haven't seen it, please check it out. It's a it's it's a it's not completely from the comics. The, the characters are slightly different, but it is a neat adventure and definitely worth checking out. And we also got the return of Stargirl and over on the CW. So, you know, we got some decent stuff to watch already. So if you're into that kind of thing and like watching superhero stuff or sci-fi geeky stuff, it is awesome. And what if blew me out of the water? You know, the first episode was a ton of fun over on Disney plus, you know, if you're a Marvel fan and that's going to be a fun series also. So definitely worth checking out, you know, very cool stuff, you know, and it's just like, you think, oh, end of summer, we have to wait till the fall premieres. No, 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 no. You, this is the great time about streaming. You have new stuff starting all the time and finding new shows and finding new series and everything. So it's pretty cool. So definitely check that out. Also, if you get a chance, do check out the, by the time this goes live, the new episode, the final actually episode of the Dragon Con report before the con is coming out. So Dragon Con is right around the corner. The folks at the Dragon Con Report are back and they are ready and they're talking to Dan Carroll. The media, what is his his title now, Mike? Is it media? The Director of Media Engagement. Okay, there you go. And that's a mouthful right there. And Dan is great to talk to and he gives us some great tips on Dragon Con this year. And if you're going, be safe. Please, please, please. You know, there's a lot going on. But speaking of things going on, we are going to be back again next week. And we are, this is going to make some people feel really old. We talked about MTV being 40 years old on Earth Station uh, Board Silly. Ready for this, folks? Next week on Earth Station One, we are talking about the 40th anniversary of Duran Duran. That's right. The band that brought Rio and Hungry Like the Wolf and all the other wonderful songs. God, there's tons and tons of songs by Duran Duran. And MTV was thankful for that. That we, you know, basically are going to be talking about, you know, our memories of Duran Duran. I can't believe they're 40, you know. Simon still looks like he's, what? No, he looks like he's 50 now, at least. So, yeah, you know. I was going to say something nice about him, but nah. But, you know, definitely check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have our music crew back with us for that. So, as always, thanks for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. We are powered by NSC. You can find them at nsclivetv.com. Remember, you could also find the Earth Station One podcast wherever fine podcasts are found, including now Amazon Music and Audible. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. On behalf of myself... Mr. Mike Faber, and Mr. Mike Gordon, Mr. Anthony Williams, and Ms. Tyra Burton. Thank you for joining us. We will see you here next week. Please stay safe. Please get vaccinated, folks, and just take care of yourselves. Peace, and we are done. Who wants popcorn? Anyone want to go out for dinner? <laughs> I am still stuffed from my way too generous portion of pizza earlier. <laughs> You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. 
Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.